Hello and welcome to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, Drew, we went through our three weeks of regionals talking about the results. And now just a couple weekends later, we have two or we have the very first weekend of Orcs results to break down. Uh, I think we had some very interesting results to go into uh, that we certainly want to go uh, Orcs by Orcs over those those first four and talk about. But uh, one thing we were just kicking around a few moments ago off mic is this is the first weekend of Orcs. Uh, with this year's new system of five bids per orcs out of a total of 24 teams as uh, a difference from six bids as it's been in the past because of the nine orcs. And I think we've seen some very interesting results that may have something to do with uh, having only five bids uh, to nationals out of each orcs. So based on what you saw this weekend, uh, how do you think that five bid uh, change is impacting things, and and what do you think uh, are the positives and negatives of what you saw? Well, I'm definitely not a fan. Uh, I'm going to have to work on the positives of this system, uh, but I'll start with the negatives since they're a little easier. Um, obviously, at its core, I think only five teams is just not enough from each orcs. These are really competitive orcs. And just seeing the number of six and two teams that aren't going to be making it to nationals to me, is just not the way the system should be designed. I also think it's important to, to understand that a lot of people, when they're focusing on what five bids versus six bid means, they just say, oh, well, that first honorable mention, that team now makes it. Or similarly, if you look at last year's results, they just say, oh, well, that sixth team in, they just don't make it. And it's really not that simple because of the fourth round pairing system that we have and the way we do power protection. It really changes a lot. And I, I think that I'm really not in favor of it just out of the fact that we're we're seeing these kind of weird results. I don't want to just attribute a couple of examples that we've seen so far and be like, oh, like that is a reason why it's broken. But I just think in general, when you're only having five teams come out of 24 – there's just so much involved uh, with the, the randomness of pairings with you know one or two random judges that I just think that, that that allows that luck component to play too much of a role in my opinion. And you know if I do base it on the limited sample size that we have, I don't know you know how much these results really show that it is or isn't working. I definitely think we've had some surprising results, which I'm excited to talk about. Mm. Um, that being said, I think that the reality is that as we're talking about them, if I switch out a couple of those names, then we would just be talking about a different team that didn't make it out and how surprising it is that they didn't. Uh, the reality is that there are just too many good teams at these tournaments and maybe we just need a couple extra spots so that all the good teams can go. Um, I really think that the... The reason why we moved to this five-bid system is because nationals would be too big if there were six bids from nine different orcs. And I like the addition of a ninth orc. I, I don't necessarily – I didn't hate that in, in the short term just because I think it made regionals much better. We saw you know teams that with only four and a half bids were able to go, which I, I think is a good thing. I like teams being able to move on from regionals. But I really strongly believe that the the growth problem shouldn't be addressed at orcs I also don't think it should be addressed at regionals. I think it needs to be addressed in some other way. And I think that uh, people may know this about me, but my big policy, what I really think they should do is add in some type of a relegation process or some way to kind of 
cut out some of the the bottom teams at regionals and have their own round that they go through before regionals and that would allow us to kind of cap off the regionals at at 24 teams per regional and we can kind of limit the number of regionals we have we can go back to eight orcs and it can kind of continue as we'd seen it going in the years past and the things that I like about this, the advantages I see are that, A, a lot of the randomness we saw at regionals, even at that level, came from some of the bigger tournaments. And controlling that size and keeping them all to just 24, I think, would be a really effective measure against that. Furthermore, I think that you know I champion small programs. I'm a big advocate of them. I'm proud to come from one. And this is me, an advocate of small programs, saying that I don't have a problem with this relegation process. And my reasoning for it is that I think that it's not hard for the good small programs to still make it out of whatever that you know extra tournament may be. Um, I think that, frankly, we just see too many programs that go, whether it's 0 and 8 or whether it's a brand new program that has never done mock trial before going to regionals. And it's not that that in itself is a huge massive problem but when we have so many teams i just think that like there needs to be some system in place to to moderate how many of those teams we have at a given regionals i know that i kind of got off of the the five bids from orcs there it's something that i'm really really passionate about it that we need to address this growth problem and frankly i have ideas i know other people have ideas i'm excited to hear what um AMTA's committee has decided but ben let me kick it back to you. What what do you think about all this? So I think a lot of what you said goes to what the problems are because um, it's all connected. You know, the reason that a discussion about this ends up back in the discussion of regional sizes is that it's all connected. But the core issue here, and I don't say issue as if it's a problem, but just issue that causes these things is that nationals is 48 teams. It's been that way for a little while. My understanding is at one point back when it was in Des Moines every year, it was 64 teams or at least more than 48. But now that it's sort of roving, um, it's at 48 teams. And so at the end of the day, only 48 teams can go to nationals. And so when we added the ninth orcs, it means that more teams get to go to orcs, which is a good thing. I think that is absolutely a good thing. Um, It's why I... Still feel pretty strongly that the two teams um, per program rule is a good thing for orcs because the more people that get to participate in the high level mock trial at orcs, the better. Um, what I struggle with and what I think that what you were saying hits the nail on the head is when we go to nine orcs, 24 teams at each orcs, five bids to nationals, you start to wonder with the philosophical nature of this activity, right? Where you're balancing how do we design something that is educational while it also identifies the best teams. That's a hard dichotomy, right? Like those two things sort of push against from each other. They're not diametric opposites, but they, I don't think they pull in the same direction completely, which is that educational activities with a competitive component can be very difficult to do right. And so I think in many ways. And I know AMTA has considered some proposals about maybe how to expand nationals again, which would help. But if we expand nationals again, this same problem is just going to come up mm-hmm. in five years when our growth, I mean, there's there's right. so right. many great programs and you can't change that. And that's a function in many ways of AMTA's success, that AMTA has facilitated so many great pro- programs existing. I do agree with you that there's an element of randomness that gets ratcheted up when you get to five bids. 
uh, as opposed to six. And that's tough. And like, I'm really not looking forward to that this weekend. You know, I wasn't <laughs> looking forward to it when there were going to be six bits. And now I'm really not looking forward to it. And there's going to be five bits. So I don't have any perfect solutions. But I think what we have to think about and what you were saying is an interesting one. I don't know if I agree about trying to pair out some of those teams that are new and, and stuff like that. But when you decide, we've decided that it is a bigger priority that more teams get to go to orcs than we're going to prioritize as heavily as possible, trying to make absolutely certain that the best 48 teams in the country go to nationals. Uh, that's when you run into this challenge of, okay, uh, what is it we are trying to accomplish and are we accomplishing that goal? So it's tough. I don't have any great solutions, uh, but I think that this should not be like, we shouldn't sit back and go, okay, we got it right. We're good. Let's keep it the same for a while. We should always be considering whether or not this new system is the right way to do it. Yeah, Ben, I think the way that you approach this is a really, really good one. And the concept of these two diverging goals and how do we accomplish both in the best way? Because I, I definitely agree that I think that you know adding more teams going to works is addressing one of those and it is a good thing. Um, and I agree that what you said about the problem with five not addressing the other. Um, I guess that it's it's tough because this is kind of a conversation where we're kind of addressing the problem without proposing a full-fledged solution. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the nature of a lot of these things. It's kind of like, ah, this is a problem. Someone else go fix it. Um, yeah. But it's I think that's the definition of podcasting. Right, right. <laughs> um, but I mean, at the end of the day, this growth, the it isn't a problem. This growth thing that happens in AMTA is a good thing. And we just need to find some way to, to address it in the long run. Um, and I think that, you know, just... My personal take on it is that expanding nationals is, in my opinion, a short-term fix. I think that, yeah, okay, we fix it for a few years. And then, like, what do we do, you know, five years down the line? As you pointed out, it's just pushing off the problem on a later – to a later date. My personal opinion is that some form of process pre-regionals would address it for the long run because we can then continually control and maybe expand those tournaments and ideally, you know, so the point that those tournaments become a problem is an issue for, you know, generations and generations past, where I expect mock trial to be very, very different anyway. So I'm not going to worry that far down the line. But I don't want us to come up with a solution that fixes it for this year or the next year or even the year after that. Like, I really want us to come up with something that can, you know, help attend this growth problem for the long, long run. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see what AMTA comes up with. I think that AMTA is really good about listening to and getting feedback from uh, both current competitors, from coaches, from as many different years as they can. So I would encourage people that are listening to this that either agree, disagree with what we're talking about to voice them somewhere. Maybe perjuries, maybe sending an email to that committee, whatever it may be. I think that... Uh, I know enough of the people in AMTA that I feel confident saying that they are listening and they will take your advice. Definitely. As to that last point, I this is a problem that will be solved through our collective uh, brain power, you know, through our collective organizational approach to say, okay, let's identify what we want. Let's identify how we think are the options to get there and let's choose one, right? And And that's something I imagine will be a fairly substantial topic of discussion for this year's board meeting, and now they'll have a year of data to look at for the five bid orcs and be able to evaluate what worked and what didn't. And we also 
have one week of data for the five mm-hmm. big orcs that we're going to go ahead and go through and, and start to discuss uh, the four orcs that happened this past weekend. So let's start in Cedar Rapids. As we've mentioned, Cedar Rapids offered five bids to nationals. And those bids in order were Minnesota A, Chicago A, Cornell College A, Northwestern B, and Northwestern A. Uh, Drew, this was an interesting orcs uh, for a couple of reasons. Northwestern is a great program. Them getting two teams out isn't a shock in the sense that they're a really, really, really strong program. Getting an A and a B out of the same orcs this year, just by virtue of it happening, is kind of crazy. Uh, and so I think that's worth noting. And then the big one that that didn't get through here is Indiana. You know that we talked after regionals about how Indiana, you know, sometimes seems to slip under the radar a little bit. And so it's surprising not to see them uh, get out. So I think those were the two you know main ones that stood out to me. I think that those are two two definitely ones that surprised me. I think that. Uh... I wouldn't say Northwestern on the surprise. I, I know a lot of people at Northwestern, they're a phenomenal program. They got two through to nationals last year. They did it again this year. They know what they're doing over there and it it showed. I think to me, the I'm going to, I think this was a little bit bigger of a surprise for me than Indiana even was actually Chicago B. And you can see, I mean, Chicago B went 4-0 the first day. They ended with a 5-3 and record with a 21.5 CS. They were really close. I mean, it came down to that final round that they had with Cornell College B where they they split. They, uh, they got swept on both by just three points. So uh, my guess is that was a very, very close round um, and just seeing – I think Chicago is is always a force in that region, really wherever they go. And uh, even seeing a B team from them not make it out was a little bit surprising. But I think that to your point, any team that's making an A and B team out to nationals is is really worth noting. And to be surprised by a team not making their B team out is a little bit much maybe. Um, I also think I was pretty impressed by Cornell College's performance. Again, their B team knocked out U Chicago's B team, but their A team was uh, did make it out, as you said, um, with a very strong performance too. I did think it was kind of interesting and funny that the A team from Cornell College got swept by U Chicago B, and then the B team swept U Chicago B. And of those three teams, the only one that's going through is Cornell College A, who got swept right. by UChicago, which is just it's interesting. You know, it's it's kind of the way these things go, but um, definitely kind of, uh, I guess, Cornell College getting a bit of their revenge back on UChicago. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that in general, this this Orcs was nothing too too crazy. I mean, Iowa didn't make it. Uh, they were at nationals last year, um, or was that their B team? I could be wrong about that. That may have been their B team, but. Point being, this was probably the least surprising in my book. I know that's what uh, Mock Analysis wrote was their least surprising. I, for the most part, agree with that. Um, Nothing too, too crazy, but uh, definitely Northwestern gave us a look for sure. Yeah, and the other thing that I will mention from this um, that isn't surprising but is impressive is you have – a decent probability of getting a sixth bit out of this tournament because you had the university of St. Thomas, uh, who we discussed, uh, just in our last episodes, uh, who got grabbed six wins with a CS of 15 and a half in past years. Obviously that would have gotten them the sixth bid at the moment. It puts them number one on the open bid list. And, and as I think most people are aware, there will be three open bids 
uh, to nationals this year. Uh, obviously, is it possible with our last five orcs that four teams or three teams with a record of six and a higher CS than 15 and a half could uh, come out? It is possible, uh, but at least right now, St. Thomas has to be, I won't say comfortable with where they're sitting, but but at least uh, cautiously optimistic that they've got a chance to snag one of those open bids to nationals. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the thing that's so tough about this is that, I mean, the difference between them and Northwestern B was a half point of CS. I mean, that's like, it's literally a point on another team's ballot. Like, that's just, I mean, it's tough to see it go down like that for them, for sure. And I I do really hope that uh, St. Thomas gets that open bid. I love seeing teams that were I'm not going to say unknown. St. Thomas is a pretty well-known program, but definitely a little less well-known than some of the other names in this uh, this orcs. So I'd love to see them make it through. Uh, and the last thing that I'll just say about this, though, is I-, I was really intrigued by the fact that all of the five teams that made it were within a half of a win of each other. I mean, University of Minnesota came out in first with just six and a half wins. And this was a clearly, really, really competitive orcs. Yeah, and the, the one thing I'll say about St. Thomas is we have to remember this is St. Thomas, Minnesota. Uh, so they, I believe they're unranked, um, which would be an impressive, you know, for them to to jump in and, you know, grab that one of those open bids to nationals. Like, that's that's awesome for them to, you know, clearly what they're doing is working. Um, and yeah, same thing with <clears throat> the other thing too, is you pointed out Chicago BCS. Um, and that, that was the only CS over 20 at this entire tournament, which I think also goes to what you were saying, which is that this is a lot of teams like splitting with each other and winning and tying versus each other. And like, it it definitely seemed to be a very competitive orcs. For sure. Well, moving on, our next orcs that we're going to be going to is the Central Islip orcs. Again, this orcs had just five bids and those went to Wesleyan B, Cornell A, Columbia A, Cornell B, and then Fordham Lincoln Center A. This was definitely the region that uh, you know both of us were obviously looking at a lot through our regionals is where we thought we were going to be going. Um, a lot of heavy hitters in Cornell, Columbia, Fordham, NYU, Rutgers, uh, and the latter two we didn't see make it through. Um, I think that this was definitely very surprising to me. I think that NYU and Rutgers are both tremendous, tremendous programs. They had, both of them had 8-0, 100 plus point differential showings at regionals. And for them both to not make it definitely was surprising to me. Um, I think Cornell B, considering, I'm not sure how Cornell does their stacking, but considering the fact that their B team that was stated as their B team before didn't make it out of regionals and then did manage to make it out of this orcs is definitely very, very impressive for them. And they should be very, very pleased with their showing. I think Cornell really, their A team put on an absolute clinic here. Um, And uh, the last surprise was definitely Wesleyan B. I mean, Wesleyan uh, is definitely an up and I hesitate to even say up and coming program. They've been making it to nationals pretty consistently for the last few years, but uh, to get a B team through it, a, difficult difficult orcs like this really really is a a proud accomplishment for them and uh would be a really really cool thing for them to have two teams go through for sure yeah there was just so much that happened here right so you know there's a couple other names that you know i wanted to highlight you look at so first of all this is the only orcs of the weekend where a team with less than six wins got through which was lincoln center with five and a half wins they were the only team with less than six that got through um 
obviously NYU. Uh, we should get back to that in just one second. That's a huge, huge, huge result. Um, Lafayette just barely missing out at five and a half wins. They were, you know, national team in a, in a high fourth round last year. Um, Richmond, you know, the, <laughs> if you want to get a sense of how tough this uh, Orcs was, four and two Richmond A is paired against four and two NYU A in round four. NYU grabs a plus four and a tie and neither team gets out. Yeah. Right. And it's like, now that also probably goes a little bit to what we were talking about with the, the five bids. And it's like, okay, that, that might've been a little bit different if there had been more teams in the up, you know, the, right. the in bracket because of the six bids. Uh, but when you have just a dominant Rutgers team that went eight, no at regionals and just destroyed everyone in their path, Richmond, who was at nationals two years ago, NYU, who is NYU, Hamilton, who's been strong in past years, Lafayette, who's obviously very strong. Um, just so many great teams that didn't get out of this regional. You had uh, SUNY Binghamton, who went five and a half, uh, and, and they and Lafayette both lost the CS tiebreaker to Lincoln Center by a, a point and a half. So I think the biggest surprise by far has to be NYU. Like NYU is NYU. It's pretty stunning. Uh, to see them not get out. And it's such a classic case of like, if they had grabbed that tie from Richmond mm -hmm. in round four, they would have gotten out. They would have edged mm -hmm. out Lincoln Center and been that that fifth bid. And when you get to some of these orcs, especially in the Northeast, when you just have every team that is just, you're never going to get an easy ballot from anyone. <laughs> I I feel for NYU because I think we can all agree that NYU probably belongs at nationals. They're just every year one of the best programs in the country and you know for them not to be there is just pretty stunning oh for sure i think that the concept of belongs at nationals uh is going to be a a really interesting uh phrase for us to have throughout this just because there are a lot of those that i would have said like oh well of course this team has to be there i mean here's the thing like i really love Rutgers. i think they're a phenomenal program i love the people over there what is crazy to me is that Rutgers has been at nationals for at least the last two years. I think it may be three. But for the last two years, it has been the exact same team for the most part. They have been built by the, the current seniors that they have, have been running this team for at least three years now. You know, they have trial by combat competitor Mike Kleiman. This is his senior year. I think that their entire bench, to my understanding, are all seniors. That is wild to me that in their senior year, what should be their strongest year was the year that they didn't make it out. I think that I was really, really expecting Rutgers to go not just to nationals, but to go and have a really strong showing at nationals. So while yes, obviously NYU not making it shocked a lot of people, I think Rutgers not making it and not even having a positive record blew me away. It really goes to show what how competitive of a regional or have of an orcs this was and how tough it was to do well there. Um, I mean, Richmond, again, we said it before that last round pairing with NYU is tough. Rutgers last round pairing was with Fordham Lincoln center. And you could say the same thing there. I mean, that is a tough, tough last round for both of those teams to the teams that made it out. They had a grind to make it there for sure. Uh, I, I really, I think that the, the surprise here is that, you know, 
SUNY Binghamton was definitely not a team that I was expecting to to be getting an honorable mention, but five and a half wins for them is awesome. In a field like this, again, like that's a really, really strong showing that they should be really, really pleased with. And again, it is another team where in their fourth round, they're four and two, they won and they tied. Their victory is by one point. Like this is just, to me... Oryx is being characterized by these ties, by these really, really close splits. And it is just, it is anyone's game. It is just really, really tough right now. Yeah. So that last point, to combine that with your point about Rutgers, right? So you look at the round one pairings and Cornell A and Lincoln Center A draw each other in round one. Mm -hmm. They split, right? A six and a two. So a real close, you know, pretty close to even split. Mm -hmm. Um, Rutgers comes out and they draw Richmond in round one. It was Richmond B, but they split, right? So two great programs. And so what happens? A one-in-one Rutgers gets a one-in-one Cornell A in round two. Cornell A picks up a plus two and a plus one ballot and Cornell's sitting good and Rutgers season is over. Yep. Right. And that's how brutal these orcs are that after day one, an eight and oh nationals returner, you know, just great team in Rutgers, uh, season's over. Because it, it five and five bids, five wins just ain't gonna cut it at these mm-hmm. orcs this year. And it's like, and they and they didn't really do anything wrong. I mean, the plus yeah. you when you plus two minus one or minus two minus one, that's that's a coin toss. You know, that's yeah. that's just a round that you you play it a hundred times and it's gonna be a 50-50 split. And so, um, it is just brutal. And again, I mean, you said this like. Wesley and Cornell, Columbia and Fordham Lincoln Center are all great programs. This is not a shock that any of them got out. Uh, but it is it just still just feels a little bit weird that we're going to have a Nationals without NYU or Rutgers or Richmond, you know. It just there's a lot of great teams that are going yep. home for Missile. Um, yep, that's true. One other shout out I wanted to make uh was to our friends at Stevenson University. Uh, Stevenson University came in in their very first Orcs round and they draw NYUB, right? And I'm getting texts from their coaches and they're like, you know, come on, this is our first time at Orcs. Like, what the heck? And they come out and they win the ballots. Um, mm-hmm. They grab a plus two and a plus one against NYU. Um, and then they get another win and a half out of their next two rounds. And they go into an outcome determinative round four against Wesleyan and drop two really close ballots. And I'm like, you know, the first time we went to Orcs now, you know, almost five years ago, like we were just kind of happy to be there, mm-hmm. you know, and we grabbed a couple ballots here and there, but like, it was just like, oh, we're here. We're going to have this experience. And, you know, with different judges, who knows, maybe we're talking about Stevenson grabbing that last bid. I think their CS would have let them sneak ahead. And so I was just really proud of them. I was really proud of how well they did and just proud of uh, everyone there for, for their work. There were a lot of cool things. I mean, the folks we talked to from Juniata, right? Like mm-hmm. they came out, they went four and four, they got some ballots, you know, they, they swept Columbia B like, it's cool to see some of these young up and, you know, up and coming first time at Orcs programs coming in and, and, you know, catching people by surprise. Oh, for sure. I, I love seeing that always. And it's, I, I just think that I, I look at this Orcs though. And like the thing that's so tough about it is that a lot of the teams that didn't make it out didn't even lose a single round. I mean, if you look at Lafayette's scores, they have a plus 11 minus 4, a tie and a win, a plus 6 and a minus 4, and then a sweep. They, in all, I mean, all those ballots, frankly, they won. I mean, they, those were ballots where either the, the point differential was in their favor or was a win and a tie, and they didn't make it out. I mean, that is just really, really tough and goes to this point of how tough it is to make it out. I'm glad you called out Stevenson and Juniata. 
like you said, it's always awesome to see some of these younger programs uh, really having some success when people aren't expecting it. What's so tough about this, though, is that if any of those teams are making it, we're going, oh my gosh, how did how did NYU not make it? How did how did this team not make it? And what's crazy is that if I swap out, if I you know find a way to put in NYU and I put in Rutgers, then one of those five teams, Wesleyan, Cornell, Columbia, Cornell, and Fordham, isn't making it. And instead of NYU and Rutgers, we're talking about them. And to me, that's just that goes so there were just so many good teams here. And that's goes to our point. Maybe, maybe five bids wasn't enough for this one, but uh definitely, definitely a rough, rough orcs. And the teams that made it out should be proud to be representing such a difficult orcs for sure. All right. So we move to Geneva, which was our third orcs of the weekend that we're going through. As we've said, Geneva five bids. Geneva, you had in order Ohio State B. Ohio State A, Cincinnati A, Northwood A, and Stanford B. A uh, lot of really, really, really good teams at this works. Uh, I don't think it's too difficult to pick out the two major standouts, which is Ohio State getting not just two teams through, but the first two teams mm-hmm. through with their B team being the top bid. Um, and then Stanford uh, B getting through and Stanford A just narrowly missing out uh, as the first honorable mention, missing out uh, their B team edges out their A team by a CS of one and a half. Uh, so, I mean, you just, you have so many great programs at this one. There's, there's a lot of teams that, I mean, you had Wheaton who went five and three, uh, you had Arizona who went five and three. Uh, there's just some really, really great programs here that got out and some really great programs that didn't get out. Yeah. I mean, again, like this is just Stanford, a Arizona, a not making it out. Like those are just teams that, I expect to be at nationals and now Stanford, obviously their B team made it and Stanford does have a program policy of bids go to the program. So we can probably expect to see a lot of that Stanford A team still at nationals. Um, But it's still just, it's surprising. These are really shocking results. I mean, Stanford going six and two from both their programs. We should be talking about how amazing of a showing Stanford had. And instead we're talking about, I can't believe Stanford didn't make it out. Um, obviously, I, I don't want to miss this Ohio State. I mean, wow, seven and one from your A team, seven and one from your B team, and neither of them skated through. I mean, they did not have easy rounds. Uh, Ohio State B swept Arizona A. That is a a tough tough round against a top nationals competitor from last year. I mean, that's a really really impressive showing from both of Ohio State's teams. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's. Definitely, they should be proud and they should be looking and feeling good going into nationals. Um, But yeah, I mean, like what's crazy about this to me is that if I put Stanford A in there and I put Arizona A in there, who am I pulling out? Like who who doesn't make it then that we're we're talking about? I mean, if I pulled out, I guess if I said Ohio State B and Stanford B don't make it, so Stanford A and and, uh, and Arizona A can make it, I mean – I would still be pretty surprised that that Ohio State B and Stanford B didn't make it out. They're really, really strong teams from really strong programs. I think this is Ohio State's first time getting both their programs through, but last year their B team was the team that got the bid, um, and their A team did end up going to nationals and having a very strong showing there. But clearly this is a deep, deep program that has a lot of strength, and it is shown by their performance here. Yeah, it, it 
you have so much star power at these tournaments, right? When you think like, so you got Stanford A, so you got Jack Siegenthaler, and you got uh, Northwood A, so you got Chris Grant, so you got, you know, two trial by combat competitors that I got to see go against each other. Um, and you had another situation here um, where you had uh, a tough, so you had um, Ohio State A and Wheaton A in round one. And of course they split. Uh, and Wheaton goes on to just miss a bid. They had a CS of 20, five points mm-hmm. at the CS of 20, which is what happens when you get Ohio State A in round one, you get ICS. And then Ohio State A goes on and they don't lose another ballot the rest of the round, you know, the rest of the tournament. Um, so, you know, obviously this regional is, is a little bit further away from us. And so we don't know quite as much in depth about some of the other teams, but you just... Like, <laughs> there's so many good teams. Uh, teams like Wheaton and Arizona, who are just great programs. Northern Illinois, who had, you know, who dropped two to McAllister in round three. McAllister goes five and three as well. Um, it's just tough. And it's like that first day. Um, what I, I mean, we've talked about this, but like what I'm not looking forward to for this weekend is like that first day, half the field is eliminated. And mm-hmm. I know that's that way already with Orcs, but it's so much even more that way now. Mm-hmm. Um with orcs and and that's just tough and you saw that here with a couple of you know a couple of teams that you you would expect to get through but generally i agree with your point that it's like you you can't really substitute out any of these programs cincinnati is just a regular nationals contender that just has great people uh stephen johnson is a phenomenal attorney um who is he i believe he's trial by combat this coming year am i correct about that yes yeah. so it's like you had star um, power at this orcs oh definitely i mean it's just it, it's one of those Orcs where you just look through the field and you go like, well, who, who's not making it? And uh, I mean, I, I still think that I, I look at this and yeah, I'm just, I, I don't see where we're having a, a, if we have a sixth team come from here, I feel like a little, I think I feel a little better about it, but I mean, man, like it's just really, really brutal. I do want to, so just for clarification about the uh, Cincinnati, um, Steven Johnson is not yet confirmed for trial by combat, but he did compete at trial by combat last year. Um, I was just looking that up really quickly. But, uh, I mean, okay. Cincinnati's still a phenomenal program. It's not that he's not qualified. I'm sure he's had a very, very strong year. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Cincinnati went 6-2 and two and, and had a strong CS. They are going to have a really, really good time going back to nationals, and I'm sure they'll have a strong showing there. But we are moving on now to the fourth and final orcs in Santa Monica. Again, Santa Monica had five bids. They went to UCLA A, UC Berkeley A, UCLA B, UC Davis A, and then UC San Diego A. Now, the big one missing from this list is certainly UC Irvine A. Irvine was quite literally a half was it a half OCS away from making it to the final round last year. And now they're not even making it back to nationals this year. Uh, it, it is truly a brutal, brutal system. And I mean, Irvine, they they were doing well. They were 4-0 the first day. I mean, to your point where you're just saying, Ben, about half the field is eliminated, they're feeling good. Their A team is 4-0. Their B team is 3-1. and It's about as good as you can ask for. And then they draw UCLA for their A team and UCLA B for their B team and wham, bam, no more UC Irvine at nationals. And that's just how the cookie crumbles this year. I mean, what are you seeing anything else here, Ben? Not a lot. Uh, I mean, that last point as to, you know, Irvine hitting the buzzsaw with UCLA, it's, you know, we, we had 
talked briefly, not about how UCLA was down by any stretch of the imagination, but how they had gotten uh, a few, maybe a less, one less team out this year than they had in past years. Um, and so, of course, what do they come in and do and go 15 at one at a brutal orcs and, you know, get both of their teams out to nationals. Uh, and so it, there are just so many good teams at this orcs. Uh, I think, uh, I saw somewhere that maybe four of the five teams that got to nationals came out of the same regional. Yeah. Um, I think I saw that written somewhere. Uh, and you just look at, I mean, obviously you have so many UC schools, but <laughs> just so many great programs, Arizona state goes four and four Fresno state doesn't, you know, isn't able to grab a bid Oregon who got three teams out of the same regional isn't able to grab a bid. Um, you know, Washington hits a 22 and a half CS. Uh, there was just a lot going on here. And Irvine A not getting out um, is pretty shocking. It, it, you know, when you look in that last round and, and they needed the sweep to get it and they go plus 15 minus seven, which is just a, a tough split against what I'm sure was a tough Arizona State A team. And, and again, that's what it's like. You've got these two teams that are coming in. And, you know, so Irvine is, uh, you know, four and two. And what do they get? They get a three and three Arizona State. And so it's like, you don't, it doesn't matter how high up in the up in the high bracket you're going to be going into round four. You're six and oh, you're sitting at the top. You get a brutal three and three team with a high CS. You drop those two balance, you might knock it out. Yep. You know, yep. it's like nobody, nobody should sit comfortably until after they've announced the bids and huh. they've handed you a trophy. And even this year, like get out of there as quick as you can before they try <laughs> to take it back. Seriously. I think that the last thing that we haven't mentioned yet uh, is UC Santa Barbara. And they went 6-2 and two with a 13.5 CS, putting them as the first team on the honorable mention. And not making it out by just a CS of a half point, UC San Diego had a 6-win, 14 CS record. And what I think is so tough about this is that you know UC Santa Barbara – is probably going to have a tough time making it to nationals. I mean, I think that they're, I believe they're second on the the open bid list. I mean, to me, my guess is that if of the four so far, we've already had two teams with a CS, with uh, six wins and a CS of of, uh, 13 and a half or higher, their odds of making it out are really low. And that sucks. I mean, that is a a program that was at Nationals last year that had a strong showing there, that came back, had six wins here. And to for them to not be making it back to Nationals is brutal. I mean, I'm looking at their records. Like, they dropped their first round to UC Berkeley, who's one of the strongest teams on the West Coast. And then they didn't drop a ballot the rest of the tournament. They can't control right. who they face. I mean, they have a buzzsaw first round. And then they do everything they can. They win every single other ballot they face. And I'm like, I mean, you talk about being eliminated after the first day. This is getting eliminated after the first round. Like, that is just wild to me. I just, I don't know. That's that's a great point. That it's like if they don't get the if they don't get that bid to essentially have been eliminated after the first round, so that nothing that they that after the first round it was out of their control yep. the way it worked out. That's tough. That's tough to like that for every team out there that drops their first two ballots to feel like wow our weekend might be over. You yep. know, I mean that, and that's that's the parity that exists in this this competition now, and that's how the West Coast is too. That like this orcs has so much going on but it's mm-hmm. you just feel for him oh for sure
And and again, to the point that I made earlier, who am I switching out? Like if I make sure that Santa Barbara goes through and I make sure that Irvine goes through, like who, who, of those five teams, take your pick. Which one am I pulling out? Because then we're talking about that team instead. Like it's just – this is another one of those fields that's just full of really strong teams. I'm almost certain that they had more teams here that were at nationals last year than they had competing for bids. And I think that's a pretty common trend, but I mean, it's just brutal. It really is just brutal. These orcs. (sighs) Well, speaking of brutal orcs, we've got five more this coming weekend. (laughs) Um, We got a lot going on. We got a lot of really, really great teams in action this weekend. We will hand out the last of the earned bids to nationals. Uh, We've got, uh, orcs in Chestnut Hill, in Decatur, in Hamilton, in Memphis, and in Richmond. Uh, my team is headed to Richmond. We're looking forward to going down there for a tournament that I'm sure will be uh, wonderfully well run with the fine folks uh, down there at Richmond. And then we've just got a really, really powerful um, slate of teams going this weekend. And I'm sure we're going to have more surprises to discuss this time next week. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for it. I also I I'm really I wanted to mention before we finished off that uh we didn't really get to touch on the case changes in the past, but uh I definitely think that they are trending in a pretty positive way. I, we talked a little bit about how many ties and how many splits there were. To me, that's emblematic of a really close case where there's a lot of good facts for both sides to be using and uh I just I think that that's a lot of fun. I know that we're big fans of everything that Michael Gelfand and the rest of his committee does, but uh, props on the changes. I think that I wish I could be using them. They seem like a lot of fun, but uh, definitely a really, really competitive uh, split so far. And, and definitely the, the orcs have been very, very competitive to that end. So it seems like a lot of fun and best of luck to you, Ben, and to everyone else who's competing at orcs next weekend. Good luck. Don't get psyched out after that first round. Hopefully what happened to Santa Barbara won't be happening to anyone else. But uh, best of luck, and don't forget to sleep the night before. Hey, I can't make any promises on that last part, or tonight, or you know, Fair Thursday enough. night, or you know, anything <laughs> like that. But that's how it goes. But no, I agree. I appreciate that, and good luck to everyone else out there. Um, I mean that wholeheartedly, except just a tiny bit less for the other twenty-three teams that are going to be at Richmond. But there are so <laughs> many teams at Richmond that that are good friends of ours that we love playing, and so no matter what, we're gonna have a good weekend. We're gonna have a good time. And then we'll come back to you guys next week and we'll break down those last five orcs. And believe it or not, it I think the last thing I'll say, Drew, before we wrap up is, man, I feel like this season went fast. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know we'll probably say the same thing next weekend, but like I feel like the case dropped yesterday. And, you know, we've been all over the country. You guys were all over the country. Um, you know, I feel like yesterday I was I was in Philly at your great tournament or, or you guys were here in Baltimore at our tournament. Like it is hard to believe that we have what four days as of the time we're recording this left with um, MCS versus Danny Kozak. Definitely. It was a fun case. It was a fun year. I've always thought that, I mean, the criminal cases are obviously there's, there's an allure to them. I mean, it was last year was an attempted murder case with drugs, with a, with a love triangle. I mean, come on, it's tough to beat that, but we got a killer chimpanzee. We've got drunk media executives. I mean, it's a fun one for sure, and it's been definitely a fun case to end my career on. Um, and I think that uh, – I hope a lot of people enjoyed it. I think it was definitely a, a fun, interesting case, and uh, someone died. So there's always that side to it, you know. All right. All right. So you people got what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. 
Well, I think we can wrap it up there. Uh, I am going to go be stressed off mic as opposed to on mic. <laughs> Get some uh, sleep. And, yeah, right. Like I said, I'm more, I'll, I'll do what I can. Uh, but as always, we really appreciate everyone listening. We've gotten some really positive reactions from the regionals episodes that we did. And, and uh, Amped is a great community. We, we are you know giant nerds about this stuff, and we really enjoy sharing our thoughts with everyone out there. So best of luck to those of you who are competing at Orcs this past weekend. We will catch you on the other side. And until then, this has been The Mock Review with Ben and Drew.